The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. I'm Dave Hawkins, and you've tuned into The Antidote. If you're punk-obsessed like I am, tonight is going to be your night. Having one great punk band is nice, but having two on the show is just awesome. Both bands bring an aggressive style and an international flavor. Something else that connects both bands is that their music comes from the same source, Thumper Punk Records and they both dropped new releases in the past couple weeks. At the half-hour mark, we'll meet with the Brazil and U.S.-based Living Fire. But first comes Durer. We began the night with Jim Body's Empty Vessels from Durer's 2020 demo release. But tonight's talk with the band's Chris Davis is all about Durer's new EP, 2021. Chris Davis of the Scotland-based Durer has joined the antidote for a talk. Thanks for coming, Chris. Uh, you're most welcome, Dave. I'm happy to be here. Right off the top, Chris, how about explaining how the Renaissance painter Albrecht Dürer connects to the music of Dürer? I mean, that I just don't get. <laughs> um, as far as my point of view goes, it was just like a cool name, and we just went with it. Uh, I don't really know much about why we picked the name, um, Dave, the other member of the band, he came to me with the name and everything and a, quite a fully formed concept about what we were going to do. And then I just sat around and wrote some riffs. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that says it all. Okay, well, tell me, besides the band name, I guess really the bigger question is, why do you do what you do? I mean, this is not typical music. 
Um, well, me and Dave really enjoy making music together. We've been in a couple of bands now. And so, you know, whenever he kind of dreams up these uh, weird scenarios or, or different ideas that he wants to try, sometimes he comes to me with them. Sometimes he goes to other people, but sometimes he comes to me with them. And yeah, I just I just really enjoy making music with Dave. And, you know, it's quite interesting to sort of pick a general direction and, you know, start writing music together and seeing what comes out the other end. So that's definitely one motivator for for what we do. So when Dave approached me with the idea of doing a more kind of uh, hardcore punk, uh, power violence kind of project, um, then I was all down with it and we just got going. So yeah, that's basically it really. You know what I love is how Durr takes shots at everybody. Like millennials, you lay into them on the opening track from your new self-titled EP. Pampered Millennials says, be better if you'd open your eyes. Self-serving sycophant, community leech. I want to soak your world in bleach. Your whole deal is, I've got mine. This could be better if you opened your eyes. Now, I get your intentions with that, but seriously, are millennials really as bad as we're told they are? Um, I, I don't think so. Certainly the upper end of them anyway, being the fact that I am technically a millennial, if you look at the definition, Uh-oh. being 35. <laughs> so um, generally, you know, Dave is kind of uh, a- taking aim at the lower end of the generation, I suppose, where they're just kind of buried in their phones and they just don't really think about uh, anyone else. And, you know, some of that's just a, a bit of a perception, I suppose. And it's certainly not everyone in that generation, but um, that it's certainly that kind of uh stereotypical end of the millennial generation that dave's taken aim at there for sure and actually in actual fact there'd been a little bit of a gap from recording that and then uh mixing it obviously as there always is and uh we were both like wow that's that's turned out a bit angrier than uh, we were expecting but we kind of you know still liked it still thought it made an interesting point so yeah that was that was it really <laughs> so <laughs> now be honest with us chris how many selfies have you taken and how often do you get buried into your phone? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm quite guilty of taking selfies sometimes. Um, and although I'm a bit camera shy normally, some, you know, when I kind of get in the flow, I do have a habit of taking photos uh, of, of quite a few things, like my food and things like that. And um, I have been known in the past to share an excessive amount on Instagram. So I suppose to a degree, I do fall into that at some point in my life. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think we are, as a society, we're all very much connected with our phones that potentially can always, it's always difficult to find like a healthy balance, isn't it? Where you need to just uh, be able to disconnect sometimes. So I think that that's the other kind of side to uh, the point Dave was making that, it, you know, it's all about sometimes just, turning your phone off and just trying to look at the world around you and be present in the moment, you know? My wife would totally agree with that comment because (laughs) you were texting me as I was having lunch with my wife for our anniversary (laughs) and I'm responding to you and I don't think I made her too happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very sorry about that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I am as guilty as everyone else for disappearing into my phone and, you know, yeah, it's it's just the way of how society is at the moment. But it is always nice to remind yourself that there's a world out there and it does always do me good when I consciously take time away from my phone, yeah. They haven't been taking their little snort of bleach every morning. Before Instagram told you what to eat. Before Google told you what to believe. Before Twitter 
mentioned just a moment ago about how you and Dave Emerson make up Derp because it is a two-piece. But yeah. you said you were together with him on other projects. Maybe you should tell us about those. Uh, yeah, we um, played together in uh, Their Throats Are Open Tombs and we released a couple of records um, a few years ago now. And that's just very much like a noise project. It's very, very aggressive and very, very harsh and quite different to this. Um, but yeah, we worked together in that. And then I also worked with Dave on a few projects, not not as a participating band member as such, but more just to doing a bit of mixing and stuff for Zap Records when they were still going as well. So I've known Dave for quite a while. And yeah, he's, he's a really good friend. And, you know, as I said, we really enjoy making music together. So here we are with another band. <laughs> Maybe you should tell me, is this the kind of music you've always gravitated towards? Like deep down, you're not actually some kind of pop music freak? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think in my formative years of discovering music, uh, for me, obviously being British and being the age that I am, there was bands like Oasis and Blur and bands like that that I would gravitate towards. But really, as soon as I discovered Nirvana and Green Day, that was it. And I've just gone more and more and further and further into more sort of like, you know, this kind of more punkier end, hardcore end, you know, sometimes the more metal end. But in terms of the influences of Dora, like, you know, uh, getting into bands like GBH, obviously they're from Birmingham as well. And, um, uh, you know, getting into other bands like that and like bands like Discharge and other bands like that. I just really like this kind of music. So yeah, it's, it, it was a very natural progression for me to just kind of gravitate towards the scene and just get involved with it and, you know, listen to all the different bands that are around as well. You know, whether it be like, you know, the kind of more sort of known end of things like bands like Fugazi and bands like that, right across to bands that are kind of perhaps less well-known, like I suppose you've got bands like The X and you've got bands like The Bronx who are not just punk as well. So yeah, it's kind of like, it's always the music I've kind of gravitated towards. The kind of punk hardcore scene is definitely where I feel at home. So yeah, there we are. Talking about being well-known, how do you want to make Durr known? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. I think... Uh, well, it's it's great how um, this release, we've partnered with uh, Thumper Punk Records uh, and uh, we're releasing this on uh, Dave's label Vision Press uh, in partnership with Thumper Punk. And I was really, really excited about that because obviously one of the... Um, one of the things as a musician, uh, whether you play it down or not, is you do want people to hear your music. And, um, you know, I'm really pleased that we've got this kind of like ability to have our music heard by a bit of a wider audience rather than just uh, self-releasing it this time. And um, obviously, like that comes with a little bit of pressure, but it's all really good as well. And um, yeah, I just really like, you know, people to just check us out. And if they like it and they dig it, then that is awesome. I really hope that they get something good out of it and uh and enjoy it and if they don't that's also fine as well but mainly i just hope that we uh, make people think about some of the issues raised in the lyrics on the records and you know or, or just thinking about music in general just make you know if we were one of those bands that people listen to that causes them to check out the scene a little bit further that's also ace as well and uh, yeah and just generally i just hope people enjoy it for what it is well i've certainly been enjoying it and i've really connected with spoil your vote <laughs> because Canada has just finished an election, so I can empathize. And the song says, emergency powers granted in haste, so they can keep us in our place. Don't let your free-thinking mind be chained to their filthy party line. Now, I've got to hear it from you. Did you feel this strongly before the pandemic? Uh 
for me personally, obviously I can't speak for Dave because he's not here, but um, for me personally, I've always been quite a politically active, politically aware person. I'm the kind of person that, you know, listens to political based podcasts and things like that. And so, yeah, I was definitely tied into uh, that kind of feeling before the pandemic, like living in the UK, the pandemic was a very, very weird time. Um, as it was for everyone, I'm sure. But um, in particular, um, you know, just watching how some of the situation was being used by politicians, obviously clearly made Dave quite angry. And, you know, it, it is it is one of those things where politics is such a tricky subject because, you know, you don't want to fall out with anyone by talking about it. But also politics by default means we need to talk about it so you know in terms of this song being on this record and the points it's making i'm really pleased it's there and when i heard the lyrics i was just like you know what that's a really good set of lyrics it's among my favorite lyrics that i've uh, come across dave writing amongst all of the other projects he's done as well as the ones with me and um yeah i i, I just think it's a really interesting song that really does pose a few different points as well so yeah so in terms of politics i've always been very politically connected uh, and to, to what I perceive as, you know, my political identity. And, uh, you know, I always try and keep on top of what's going on as well. So when Dave brought this song forward, I was like, yeah, man, that's really cool. I'm, I'm really digging it, you know. So you've talked about your music being opinionated and raising your voices in it. What do you think it is for the public in general during the pandemic? I think people's voices are being stifled. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think... I think this could be a difficult question, I suppose, to answer because um, it there's been multiple different uh, viewpoints raised during the pandemic. And obviously, like I, for one, would like everyone to feel like they've been able to uh, share their point of view and share their voice. And I think that there is a tendency worldwide, um, but also particularly in the UK, obviously, where me and Dave are from, for there to be certainly from a sort of political and governmental perspective for them to try and push a narrative that they want to push. And there, there has been instances where I think that certain viewpoints have been favoured over other viewpoints, but it's just the nature of how politics is right now, I suppose, just everything the world has gone through in the last five years with how polarised things have got over in the UK and how polarised things have got in the US, it has affected everywhere. You know, one thing I'd just encourage people to do is to just try and talk to people, even if you know that they've got a difference of opinion with you politically or, or otherwise, and just, you know, try and make those kind of amends because, you know, that's one way we can kind of all come together and uh, just make sure that uh, all the opposing viewpoints or, or agreeable viewpoints, they're all heard equally. Oh, Chris, that is the most politically correct answer I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Filthy party line. I 
spoiled vote is still counted. It counts as a vote of no confidence. Spoil Your Vote Off The Dirt EP 2021 And to answer your question, no, I didn't decline or spoil my vote in the federal election. Next, I put Chris on the spot about Durr's sound, and we'll hear Interlude, one of the band's shortest songs at just 34 seconds. Let's switch back to the easy stuff, and we'll talk about your music. (laughs) Now, I'm inclined to call the music of Durr as punk, but how do you describe it to somebody who's never heard you before? Um, I would probably say it's punk, to be fair. I think that even if me and Dave set out to make a purely straightforward punk record, I think that we would struggle to not bring in other influences as well. So that kind of skews it away from where it is. But generally, I would have said it's a punk record. The kind of references I was aiming for was, as I've already mentioned, like Fugazi and bands like that. And then, you know, there's also like, you know, shades of like, I would say like H2O, as I said before, GBH. And, you know, from the kind of more sort of... um christian scene i suppose like the the old timers which is one of dave's old bands and um praiser in particular are two two bands that have stuck with me for a long time and definitely influence this side of the music that i make um so yeah so i'd probably say we're punk in a, in a short version of that answer <laughs> <laughs> well the one thing is it's punk but maybe it's angry punk you've got to agree with me that the Durr self-titled is an angry release so is your life full of angry moments? Uh, no, not really. I would have said that like, yeah, I'd agree with you that it is quite angry, but I think that like, it's a bit of a cliche, I suppose, but I think that like one of the ways you can release that anger is through music and is through kind of engaging with uh, music like this and, and others. I wouldn't say I'm an angry person in life, but that's also because I've got an outlet for it as well whether it be playing music like this or listening to something slightly heavier, you know, I'd definitely say that that's been a good way of, uh, you know, not becoming an angry person. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not really angry at all. Something that's also interesting is that you bring your faith into the EP on interlude when Dave quotes from Psalm 121. But the odd part is that it seems out of place with the rest of the EP. So why include it? Well, uh, Dave originally kind of put that together as a bit of a sketch and uh, we kind of worked on what we were going to do with that. And I ended up uh, going in the direction of making it, well, as you can hear, very kind of post-rock kind of vibe on it and with lots of like clean guitar and a bit of a delay and stuff and got a lot of atmosphere around it. And um, that was one of those ones when I was talking before about like, even if we tried to set out to make a straightforward punk record, other influences would creep in with that record. Other influences definitely crept in. And I was like, right, I actually quite like the sound of this. So, I, you know, sending it back to Dave in like demo form. And he was like, you know, that's really cool. And I think, um, you know, we should definitely leave it on the EP. But I, I really like uh, the way that it kind of gives you a bit of respite from all the kind of craziness that is happening and all the kind of, you know, slightly more like anger filled tracks, slightly heavier tracks. Um, and we quite liked it. And also it, as you say before, it kind of references our faith as well. And it just really strongly kind of puts it in the middle there and it takes place right in the middle of the EP as well. So 
Yeah, we just really felt that it was uh, still worth including just as, just as a reminder that, you know, things don't have to always be that angry and that intense as the rest of the EP is and can be. Hello, I'm Chris. Our band is Dura, and you found us on The Antidote. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. being serious when I asked this. Will the Dura EP help make the world a better place? Um, I mean, music is and can be a very, very powerful thing in society. So if it was going to make the world a better place, then that would obviously be great. And I guess one way it could do that is just to get people just thinking about, as we said, some of the issues that are raised in the lyrics on the EP and just, you know, trying to you know, get people thinking a little bit more, uh, whilst also hopefully giving them some music that they can enjoy as well. Um, so yeah, that that's potentially a way that it could be uh, a force for good in the world and make the world a bit of a better place. Uh, and also, you know, as I said, potentially if you if you listen to it and you don't have uh, a Christian faith, then you know, having that random interlude in the middle might just sort of make you sit up and think, perhaps. So that's perhaps another way that it could, you know, kind of move people to just think about things a bit outside of themselves and maybe things that they haven't really thought about before. So yeah, that, that's potentially how it could make things make the world a better place. Well said. Well, listen, thanks for coming for this talk about Dura, Chris. I appreciate it. No problem, Dave. You are most welcome. Seriously, man! We've had enough! 
If you've ever spent time in the mosh pit, you know what that song was all about. Pit Troll, our final song from the Durer 2021 EP. Now we'll bring in the Antidote's conversation with Luis of Living Fire, a veteran of the Christian punk scene. Enjoy our talk about their new album, Mercy Between Love and Hate, and we'll also bring in Never Is Too Late from the release. Luis Carlos of Living Fire is here on The Antidote. It's good to have you back on the show. Yes, Dave, it's always good to talk to you, man. I believe the last time we, we spoke was when we released the Dead to Scene album, and I really missed our conversation. Thank you for, for the invitation. Absolutely. This is an anniversary for the band, 10 years. The neat thing is that your punk roots began even before Living Fire. So how did you get involved in the punk scene? Um, man, I always listened to rock and roll music. And since my parents, they used to listen to Bill Haley, Elvis Presley, Chuck Berry, that kind of music. And when I was a kid, I was like, like a fast music. So I always was looking for music with a really speed beat. So and when I discovered bands like Ramones, The Misfits, and social distortion that time black flag and i was in in love with with that sound you know that kind of music and most of them have a, a message to spread behind just the the music and that was i like it most there's something to to tell it was not just about poetry let's say like that it was a messenger behind the poetry it, it was not empty words and that made the whole difference for me so i grew up um, listen to that kind of music. When I met Jesus, like almost 20 years ago, um, I would like to record an album to listen to the kind of music. At that time in Brazil, the internet was not so good. I have no knowledge about bands like Officer Negative and that kind of music, so I decided to record my own music. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the beginning. I, I got involved with the punk rock scene, especially in the, in the Christian music that's so cool yes well as we were talking it was 2016 when you were last with us and a lot has changed with living fire since then i mean the band began as punk but now its sound is a lot more aggressive so you were wanting to do something new on the mercy between love and hate ep yeah like a this setup of the living fire is doing 10 years and nine from for our first album 10 years for our first presentation and mm -hmm. nine years since we, we record jesus rules our first album and if you notice it every album we record has a different style you know the first one is more raw punk the second one is like a street punk and the third one a little more melodic and, and as i'm living in california now for this album I would like to express something that reflects the moment of my life. Every album we record, every song we produce, every music, uh, every lyric I wrote express something of my life, you know? And in this last one, I would like to express something re regarding my new phase here in California. So I decided to use reference of the, the, the bands of the 2000, early 2000, the 90s, like uh, Suicidal Tendons, Black Flag, and of course, Body Count, the bands that I really, really enjoy to, to listen to. 
So I believe it was a natural choice, you know. If it's fun for us, we will do, you know. I still have the desire to record a rockabilly album. You know, maybe in the future, maybe to, to celebrate the 20th anniversary, yeah, we will record like a rockabilly album or something like that. So it was a natural choice for the moment we're living now. Rockabilly, that I do want to hear from you guys. <laughs> and if you notice, David, if you pick up um, our albums, I believe in the um, every singer has a past, every singer has a future. Mm -hmm. There is a song that we pick up some elements of rockabilly. Uh, the greatest name, if you if you listen to the song, I use it even um, a reference from the Diamonds from the 60s. Oh, and right. the that you sing, the song I'm a, I'm an old timer. There's a little bit of rockabilly too. In the first album, Jesus Rules, the the last song, Adore the Lord has a, a rockabilly influence too. So maybe, maybe, maybe in the future.
took a break from mercy between love and hate to make room for the rockabilly inspired the greatest name coming along luis explains about the roots of the song judas i'm just doing a quick scroll here and i've got 79 songs from you you have been a busy band yes 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 it was really complicated to produce an album with just seven songs you know, but I believe that the moment the music is going through, ask for like a shorting album. Most of bands now are releasing just EPs, six, seven songs. So it was kind of complicated because it had a lot of every song we wrote, every song we produced, I say, no, no, let's do another one. In the very beginning, it was supposed to be just five songs for this album. But then it evolved for seven and I'm, I'm happy with the release. And I want to talk about what I think is one of the standout songs. You know, when I saw the song titled Judas, I was expecting you to just retell the Judas story, but that wasn't it at all. You were actually telling a whole new story. Can you explain why you wrote Judas? Yes, man. That song is being kind of complicated because I received a lot of messages. Every music I wrote reflects something that happened in my life. And that's a sad part, you know. The name of the album, Mercy Between Love and Hate, reflects the mercy of God is the only thing that can avoid the love we feel to become hate in our hearts when we have some deceptions, when we have something bad happening, when we are betrayed, or when we have a bad feeling in our heart that can poison our heart and turn the love we feel into a hate, a hate for the society, a hate for the person, 
I hate for the moment, I hate for the family. So the mercy of God can, can put a wall and separate that hate and became you like a, a pure heart again. So when I moved here to California, I, I just realized, I just had knowledge about a lot of bad things, you know, people that betray me, people that, um, that talk behind my back, people that used to go to my house, friends of mine that say, hey, we are brothers, we're family, and have the chance to, to, to speak in my behalf, like in a good way, and just say, no, 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 I don't know, Luis, I don't know, because, you know, uh, when we start to live in fire, we have like a evangelism, we spread the gospel among like a really, really complicated people. We talk with skinheads, we talk to punks, and we, we try to, to bring those people to, to the church, you know, and, and some people, they think we are involved in, in a bad way with these this subcultures, you know, with the violence, with the, the, the political vision. And my particular vision was always about the Christianity. It doesn't matter what kind of environment I was involved. So some people start talking bad things about me behind my back. And those people that had the chance to defend me because I'm here in California, they are in Brazil, they prefer say, hey, uh, I don't know him, uh, I don't know, I am in the, his closest circle, but I, I'm not part of his life, and that kind of stuff. And that's really get me angry, man. That really poisoned my heart, you know. And I was feeling a lot of hate at times. That, that kind of situation bring upon a lot of bad feelings in my mind and in my heart. But the mercy of God is so great, is so amazing that without a single prayer, man, God was, was able to heal my, my soul, to heal my feelings, you know. And God used people from the church uh, here in, in California. I'm going to the Salvation Army Church. Use people, new friends that I made here that helped me in, in this new life without asking anything to me. People that helped me here just for love. No, not for first for love, uh, a love for God, and then for love for my family, and and, um, and a free love. And I'm saying, uh, without asking anything back from me, you know, people that help me with money, help me with just, with a job. That's what that song was about. In the very end of the song, uh, was a pray, you know, asking Jesus heal this feeling of my soul because these feelings are without control. I'm Luis Carlos from Living Fire, and you're here, The Antidote.
it's kind of complicated for most people don't, who, who don't speak in Portuguese. The, the last song, Minha História, the, the translation, the first translation is My History. It's the second part of uh, my personal history. The first one we wrote in, a, I believe, was Every Saint Has a Past, Every Sinner Has a Future. I wrote the first part, and this is the second one. That song talks about the, my movie here to California, too. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask about that. Of course, I don't speak Portuguese, but I used Google Translate, the lyrics. And that's when I saw that it said, it was out of obedience that I came to this place. Because the family comes first and nothing else matters. If the world closes the way, God always opens a door. That's the translation. But tell me, has this move made your life a struggle? Yeah, well, we didn't move here in California because we think the, the hills of Malibu are beautiful or because the weather is good. You know, we moved here to California to take care of my family. You know, my son has some special needs. And when we realized that, when we have the diagnosis in Brazil, uh, we decided to, to do something for him. Everything was possible in our hands to make his life better. And well, I was talking to Dave Darrow, the manager of the label. And he told me, California can provide you one of the best supports in the whole world. So that's why I moved here, because of my family, to take care of my son in a better way. And he, he's doing good, man. He's doing awesome here. He learned to speak in English even before we come here in Brazil. Like by the age of two, he was able to speak in English. Wow. Yeah. And now it's very hard to talk to, to him in Portuguese, because I talked to him in Portuguese, he, he replied in English. I believe he's like a full adapted to, to, the, to the place here. He lives here. He's really happy here, and, and that's, why, that's why we moved to California. Sounds like he's a smart kid. Oh, yeah. Yes, very smart. Very smart kid. You were talking about Portuguese and English, and that's something that's cool about the album, because songs are included that come from both languages. But is one language easier to write a song in than the other? Man, I need to tell you, besides my hard, terrible accent, <laughs> it's easier to record the song in English than in Portuguese. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I believe because I listen more music in English than in Portuguese, so the rhymes come easily in my mind in, in English. And in, in Portuguese, I, I need to think more about the words that, that I will use because I know the true meaning of the words. It was kind of complicated, but I believe I'm, I would say I'm evaluating, you know, I'm, I'm growing up in writing Portuguese and there is something that I really enjoy, especially when I try to rap the, the lyrics a little bit more, to sing in a rap style a little bit more, it needs to be in Portuguese. You know, it's, it's too complicated to me do that, that kind of vocals in English. So that's why I decided to put a Portuguese as well.
Mina Historia, one of the Portuguese songs found on Mercy Between Love and Hate from Living Fire. That album and Durr's 2021 EP are both available through the Thumper Punk Bandcamp page, so track down your own copy there. One consistent thing about The Antidote is our inconsistency with music genres. Next week, we bring in a wide mix of styles, but with one common theme. All the music comes from women. One of them is our special guest, the Canadian operatic soprano, Tanya Evans Chinchuli. And yes, we're finally raising the level of the antidote. Let's bring Living Fire back and get into their song, Facing the Fate. Enjoy this and we'll see you again. How do Living Fire fans respond to having songs in two different languages? It was a, a kind of request, you know, when um, when we wrecked that, that you see, I believe that you see was the album who put us in a in a top line of the the Christian punk rock hardcore bands in Brazil, at, at least. And I already received message. Hey, I like the song, but you should write something Portuguese because the lyrics is important for us as we do Christian music, Christian lyrics. You should write in Portuguese and blah, blah, blah. That's why we decide. So, yeah, we will have a good um, response when we wrote in, in Portuguese, in, in, even in English. I remember uh, someone wrote a review of one of our albums saying that my, my accent gives uh, different flavors to the song. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if people even can understand when I'm singing in English, but um, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Actually, you're quite easy to understand in your songs, so I never see an issue with that. I'm, I'm happy to hear that, man, because it's hard when you make music to control the pronunciation because it needs to sound natural. Mm-hmm. And I always try my best, you know, to, to make me understandable because, as I told you in the beginning, I believe most important of the style that we're doing, uh, you know, the message on, on the lyrics is more important. Well, we've spoken about the changes you personally and your music have both gone through. But I guess the one constant of Living Fire is that the songs have always been Christ-centered, like on the opening track from the album, Face the Fate. So, is that what music is all about for you? It's the message? Yes. Uh, My music reflects what I'm living and, and I live the Christianity. I'm an, uh, an object of the mercy of God. You know, that's what I live every day. That's what I, uh, I live in my life. That's what I learned. You know, since I met Jesus almost 20 years ago, there's no way I can express another thing in music than his love. Uh, for me, to make music, it needs to be fun. It needs to express my life. And to express my life, I need to talk about God. Everything I do in my life is to the glory of the Lord. As the Bible say, if I'm eating, if I'm drinking, if I'm sleeping, it needs to be to the glory of the Lord. So my music reflects something that I live to. And I live this Christianity. I live the, the way of this way of life. That's what I'm trying to, to express to the other people who knows me. The people say, yeah, you... Uh, hey, you don't smoke, you live here in California, here is pretty common, you smoke weed. And I say, okay, man, that's good for you, but uh, I, I prefer my mind focusing on another thing. So 
I like that people see in me a different way of life, and and that's that way is the the way that Jesus taught us to to live. I try to participate of some projects and not Christian centered, mm-hmm. but I wasn't capable to write a single line of lyric regarding another matters or another issue. <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny, but this is true. Luis, I'm really glad that we were able to get together again for another talk about Living Fire and also hear about mercy between love and hate. So thanks for coming. Thanks so much, Dave. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you, to listen to your show. And we are here, man. I'm happy that you're glad. And I hope our audience here could understand a little bit more about the album and they are enjoying our music. Lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he 